2: A little blip just happened. Welcome back to the Creep Dive.
0: We weren't that we, far into We it. were,
2: we, uh, look. We were warming up. It's not like we're not new at this. Cassie, you do loads of podcasts. It's literally my full-time job. So we weren't recording. <laughs> and we're going to react what just happened here. <laughs> Welcome back to the Creep Dive. And thanks for listening and leaving us what, some good reviews and some bad reviews reviews that we can grow
0: from and that's what we're here to do I'm Cassie Delaney you're Jen O'Dwyer and
2: that's <laughs> Sophie White that was I'm like powering through because I want to get back into my story so what we're doing this week I've got a long one not known for the long ones everyone's <laughs> gonna have to bear with me Cassie's gonna amuse your boosh yes. this is terrible a very short one because we were totally in we were so in. Cassie, start from the start. This
0: happened to me the last time I told my story too. I <laughs> forgot
2: to record. I get too excited you to were, be on a I'd podcast. I've never seen you this excited. At last,
0: I'm on the mic. Um, so, <laughs> <Crying>. <laughs> telling us your
2: short story. Oh, I was telling you the
0: journey of how I arrived at my short story. Retell
2: the fucking thing. So, you know, sometimes <laughs> you're going
0: to bed at night. <laughs> and you're watching TV, but you're not ready for another episode of something. But you've got 10 or 15 minutes spare.
2: Yeah. So Usually easy. that's when people are just on their phone, though. You're doing something together, which is nice. I've got, a, I've got nice. a TV that, like, I've got YouTube on the TV. All right, stop showing off.
0: Everyone <laughs> has that now. You probably haven't just don't know how to use it. Your TV is literally displaying mountains at the moment, because Dan said it's the biggest source of light in the room. What? Well, <laughs>
2: What do you want me to say to that? I don't. You definitely have YouTube. Okay.
0: Anyway, so instead of watching an episode, myself and Nadia would often go to YouTube, and our suggestions are usually something along the lines of fail videos. It's either like a cookery program, a crochet tutorial, or a fail compilation. Wow. Yeah. With you with the fails real range you can learn everything on youtube i'm doing really well my crochet she anyway, really is i <laughs> saw it earlier <laughs> it's actually there in my bag I, okay, with me honest, everywhere.
2: I need to talk to you about that later okay <laughs> anyway <laughs> so the
0: other night
2: fail videos fail i'm with you
0: are not I alone i got into a 22 minute compilation of the worst ice skating falls ever and it was gripping but one thing i realized you may never have noticed before is that the people dancing in pairs would often fall at the same time but without touching each other like they would just simultaneously fall okay like with with no like i could not find any reasonable explanation
2: (coughs) in in my mind i'm seeing a couple torval and dean is that ice skaters they're ice skaters yeah swirling around like dancing touching and then going separately off to yeah. do a do like jump each or synchronized like, moves,
0: and there could that's be like a meter or two between
3: them. Okay, okay. Wait, I have a theory. I have a theory. Go on. ESP. Someone in the crowd has it in for them.
2: Like a Matilda kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I was thinking too, more Carrie. It's too.
0: <laughs> it's too frequent. So anyway, my creep dive, my creep dive research was dedicated to that. I wanted to try and discover. Why that happened? Because I'm fascinated by it. Well, I'm
2: amazed that you think there was anything behind it.
0: Well, nobody else has researched it, so I could not come up to- with any conclusions. Sounds Kelt like nobody else thinks surprise.
2: anything. But you watch
0: this compilation video and you tell me that it's coincidental that they're all falling at the same time without touching each other.
2: I will I will definitely do that.
0: Anyway, along my research, I did come across this uh, New Yorker article called the axle of something which I thought was going to give me the answers that there was some sort of like magnetic force or field or axle holding them together and that's where they were falling but it was instead just an article about how people, people like you. yeah about how people are obsessed with particularly ice skating fail videos but fail videos as a whole even ones in which people
2: die and this is something that you're a fan of fail videos will I have accidentally watch people die on these things, uh, like more than you. Thrice. You're watching
0: something and you're like, "That
2: person, Died. that person's dead." Like when you watch it, sometimes you, you ever go on imager? Yeah. And it's just you're on a fails kind of kind of gif. Fails journey. bender. Oh yeah. Yeah. You scroll down and someone's just like, "Number three, dead." Yeah. <sighs> you're like, "Oh god." But yeah, like, the, you look I at them and
0: you're like, "They're either they're either they're gonna be dead or they're gonna be." Um, Compromised. Seriously, seriously compromise. i so watched one the other day of a parkour guy <laughs> who jumped off <laughs> laughing
2: it's so really
0: cast. he jumped off a building and hit <laughs> his face on the corner of the <gasps> building he was jumping through <gasps> and then fell fell the height of the building <gasps> but like you don't know what happens. to
2: injury is it not you just
0: don't know what happens because the you move on to the next video really quickly. imagine
2: that though like you're gonna die It's just on the way down, you just had to hit every fucking branch. Anyway, so this... is so unfair. Yeah,
0: but this um, very articulate and uh, well put together New Yorker article reminded me of when I was in school and some boys in my class, I mean, I was 16, 17, showed me a video of a man being penetrated by a horse.
3: Mr. Hans, I know it well. Okay, so in our school, Jen was those boys. (laughs) Yeah.
0: <laughs> I thought as much And I remember hands.
3: You even have a special little flourish you do
0: I remember seeing <coughs> that
3: I'm on the right page Okay go
0: I remember seeing that video And then learning that he A couple of days later That that man had died Like he had actually died And I think that they They pulled the video and stuff from YouTube But Um
2: was it on YouTube? It
0: ever? was on YouTube. Like it was. This Do you remember was the
2: video? Oh, sorry, back in the day. Yeah, would yeah.
0: Yeah, like I saw the like the I remember the video being disgusting, but like seeing it anyway, and then reading about this man's death on a Wikipedia page dedicated to strange and unusual deaths. Now that's the juice you've hit a little. That's what I hit on, and I remembered today that that video or that Wikipedia page existed. <sighs> so what I did today. Was I went back. Okay, oh, so you recording? She it it was at this exact time. that She tapped
3: the seam of gold. She did. And but I started
0: investigating those
2: weird and unusual
0: deaths. And I'm going to give you m- the weirdest one that I came across today. You really want
2: to blow your load on a short one?
0: Yeah, because there's not much to it. There's just not much to it. It's oh just right. fucking weird. And then he weird. died. It's a woman, actually. Oh, sorry. Um, before that, I do want to give a shout out to Jimmy hesseldon who was the owner of segway who did in fact segway off a cliff <laughs> accidentally and resulting in his death
2: jesus like was he going backwards or something? no
0: no but like you know the way you've definitely heard that rumor like that's people call it an urban legend but now it is in fact true that on the 26th of september 2010 in west yorkshire jimmy Hasselden. Uh, was out segwaying and accidentally segwayed off a cliff and it was witnessed by a man walking his dog.
2: You would think oh you were God. being punked. First of all, you don't see too many segways. And not near cliffs. <laughs> yeah, like, that really a sounds a like live walk
3: activity. <laughs> it sounds like a segway doesn't belong oh. on uneven terrain. Like, but just, they're just not as a first point. I've
2: never been on one. but like, get off road ones.
0: They're not... Um, they're not particularly fast, are they? No. Anyway, R.I.P. How,
2: how did he not duck <laughs> and roll or something? I don't know. Um, could have been suicide, was it? Oh. Who knows? I don't know. We but
0: don't. Know. No, no, they say that they. Because the man witnessed could, it and it seemed
2: like an accident, he
0: said. Like it's it it's not
2: like an accident.
0: Because he. I don't think he went like deliberately straight off the cliff. I think he was like segwaying around. The Why cliff. is that a really
2: funny visual?
3: It's not funny though But like do you know the way say um, Like in Arrested Development Do you remember how Job the brother Has a segue And like it's a big part of his character that he's always segueing Like and doing like st- Talking yeah. roles Like yeah. hovering And it. like 108% makes every one of those scenes Like I would say the official figure Is like 68% funnier just because he's delivering the lines on the Segway, yeah, it's science. It's... That's just Segway science. <laughs> well, I can't segue science. Image. Is like getting, not good for I'm kids. getting cognitive dissonance because I am so horrified that this happened to this man. But I, and like I, but I can't reconcile that with the image I have in my head it's, of how this happened it, and what it looked like. If,
0: sorry, like if my understanding of the word ironic is correct, it
3: is ironic, <laughs> and it's like, could you imagine Alanis this, just rewriting the song? Like it's a Alanis, look up ironic before you song. write that song. It's a B, great song. Great let's song. Let's give Alanis oh. some actually ironic incidents to include
2: this being
0: one
3: of them. This problems.
2: is this is yeah. ironic
0: because it's the opposite of what you'd expect to happen occurring. That's my understanding. Is this not that. the most unusual death? Is this one of no, them? No, no. This was just. I just wanted to give him a little shout out because I feel like people hear that story and they did. They dispute. They're like, oh, that couldn't have happened, but it did. Um again, not funny though because man just, is dead. She's performing a public service. My story is about a um a fitness and lifestyle blogger called Rebecca Berger who was a French woman aged 33 um, who in 2017 Rebecca died when a whipped cream dispenser exploded and hit her in the chest causing a heart attack. Okay? And I was like that's really fucking unusual. That's really... Unusual. It's not the first time a whipped cream <laughs> siphon has seriously maimed and almost killed people. So... Rebecca Berger was French, and in France there is a um a, uh, like a consumer magazine called sixty Million Consumers and they have been warning warning people against the dangers of whipped cream siphons, so it's not like a whipped cream can it's like you know a, it's it's one of those kind of they're like the size of a water bottle, and they inject gas into liquid whippets they're kind of yeah and they've got you see them on like master chef and stuff all the time
3: which it's got a nozzle where the cream comes out and then it's got a part that you place a little canister tiny canister of gas and screw into the top so you've poured normal pouring cream into it about a third full then you put the lid on screw on the little bit the working part that's got the canister of gas and that releases into the bottle uh, chamber and whips the cream. Thank you, Sophie. Yeah,
0: it's like a nitrogen something and Nitrous it's just oxide. Yeah, and it basically the science is that it just the liquid all expands and needs somewhere to go. But it essentially turns these things into fucking little Bombs. rockets. So this magazine Sixty Million Consumers has been warning people about the dangers of Siphon since two thousand and ten. And it has documented sixty instances involving twelve different siphon models. Um, and they estimate that this is just like way below the number of actual accidents, and um, but these are the, this is this is what they've this is what they're reporting on. So this is a really common phenomenon that has happened all across France. There's one particular brand that kind of seems to be at the center of it, and this was the brand that uh, Rebecca Berger was using when she passed away, when she was killed by it. But basically, it's been like not that widely reported on, but um the siphon did hit her at like a very distinct moment in time um so a a professor at the university of pennsylvania told the business insider that the forceful impact of the object had to have hit her at a very very specific time in her heartbeat um so like it's just kind of a total freak accident but This 60 million consumers has documented other people that this has happened to, or like who've been seriously injured. Another victim in 2013 broke six ribs and their sternum. Whoa! Um, from the same thing happened. So basically, the plastic cap that's on a siphon isn't strong enough to hold the pressure that's created by the the, by the gas going into. So which part of it is hitting you? So I think what's happening is. They're saying that the, the 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 gas canister can come disconnected, and that can shoot at speeds of up to thirty miles an hour, and it's basically like a gas bullet, or that the um there was one woman who told a story about how the lid popped up and became injected or became like lodged into her ceiling, Jeez,
2: like the nozzle bit the plastic yeah, bit
0: the plastic bit is exploding in a lot of them, Jesus. um so yeah the the. And another woman called Emily uh, Leda Was awarded a payout of a million dollar Or a million euro In So this the, the blogger died in like June And she was awarded a payout In I think the August Because in 2013 Her whipped cream canister exploded And cracked her skull open What the prompting, fuck Prompting um, cranial bleeding And tore off part of her face Oh <gasps> Jesus So she god. had ta- She had like really successful reconstructed surgery And her lawyer said that uh, The surgery's been so successful That you Like you You wouldn't even really notice it um, But she Can no longer work And has lost her sense Of taste what and smell Jesus Oh my
3: god Yeah
0: Um, And there's just loads There's loads of this happening So There uh, 20 of the 60 instances That 60 million consumers Reported on Were with the same brand And it's the hard time. Uh, model and it's been taken off the market it was recalled in 2013 but they didn't do a very like public recall they just did it very like silently through some uh, media and only 25,000 of the appliances were returned leaving 135,000 of them still out there on the market
3: on the loose
0: on the loose so that's like
3: final destination kind of shit yeah, yeah. So basically t- basically yes. they're telling
0: people to not use um, siphons in their homes. But there you go. This Thank whole you. weird phenomenon of people being seriously maimed, injured or killed by uh, whipping cream. This is Can, Can I, can't I wait to hear more of that?
3: A personal perspective. Have you? I had one of those in France during the years 20, I want to say... 2010 to 2013. So you're in France, and I used one of those. I'd say nearly daily during that time.
2: Whoa! Lucky (laughs) to be alive. Did you ever? Obviously,
3: I was supposed to do some good in the world. Are you
2: insinuating this podcast is the? Yes. (laughs) Thanks for explaining my insinuation.
0: (laughs) so there you have it that's my story Thank a you. strange and unusual death can't say i won't revisit that wikipedia page for content in the future I, i'm really excited to hear more about that
3: i'm yeah i don't think you should give away sources that easily like i'm <laughs> jealously guarding my creepy little sources
2: are you ready for my story <coughs> Do you want to hear my own? Yeah. yeah well again i was saying like before we started recording i said oh dan you know i'm gonna do this one he was like never heard of it so you, there's a chance you may not have heard of this in the first place. I was like, this is too obvious. Everybody knows about this. But then there was a twist at the end that I, not everybody might know. It's not that much of a twist. However. I would just like, yeah, I'd like to,
0: sorry to talk over you now there, Jen. But um, you do have two pages of typed
2: notes. Keep going, bitch, look.
0: Oh my God, four Four and a smidge.
2: Now, what I'm going to say is if you... I mean, there's a certain amount of plagiarism going on in these notes. So I don't want to... Now, you can't just read articles. No, you got it. You got it way you read the Wikipedia page. Okay. Okay. I mean... I'm joking. Of course I didn't just do that.
3: I just want to say that this is not Cassie and I's <sighs> code of ethics.
2: Look, you, you operate one way, right? And I operate a different way okay well we
0: all get to the look as long as you as long as you attribute your sources appropriately I'm okay with it when am I supposed to fucking do that at the end you just say sources from blah 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 or you say
2: according to oh man you're just sucking all the joy out of my story I haven't even kicked off what's your clickbaity headline on this thing okay come on okay is it a bird is it a plane oh wait no it's a boy in a balloon oh remember no. No. Literally, I think so that was the Sophie, does. you he remember? No, not the, was it a boy or was it a... Do you remember this? No, go. Right. Cast your minds back. Well, there's no point because you don't remember it anyway. It is October in 20, 2009. Uh, a homemade helium-filled gla- uh, gas balloon, shaped to resemble a flying saucer, was released into the atmosphere above Fort Collins, uh, Colorado, by Richard and... I hope I'm not going to be able to pronounce it. I think it's Mayumi Heen. She's Japanese. Um, do you remember any of this? No, I've never heard the story before. Okay, they then claimed that their six year old son, I didn't name the kid and it's unfortunate. The kid's name is Falcon, <laughs> was <laughs> trapped inside it. <gasps> oh, no. You still not ringing any bells? No. no. How the fuck did you avoid Well, these? in 2009, I was 18. I was like in the prime uh, of my uh, life. Listen, okay, Kath. I, I was see? in New Zealand. Right, you're both young and exciting. Yeah. I wasn't. I was here online looking at this shit. So they, so they claimed their six year old son had creeped, it, crawled into this balloon. So since neither of you know it, I'll describe what the balloon. The balloon looked like. Um, uh, let's see now. You remember the old fashioned popcorn things they used to put on the hob, and it yeah, the silver would come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. what it looked like. So
3: it's like OG flying saucer. Absolutely. A saucer as if like from a sort of nineteen sci-fi movie. Correct. Also, can I ask a question? Sure. Did they craft it
2: themselves? Yes. So this, uh, this, this was an actual kind of invention by the dad. So what it was going to be used for, what he was pitching it for, was that it had uh, a, some satellite technology in it, uh, Keep in mind, this is 2009 and you could release it from your garage. Everybody could have one. It would float up and um, he would send. you would be able to send. I think it's a hundred volt charge either side of the base of this balloon and that could control uh, the directions. And he he built it as something that could check traffic around your home or something. So it had kind of a purpose. It was an eye in the sky for each
3: individual home.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it was a legitimate Idea that he brought to fruition.
3: He sounds like a legitimate creep himself. Well, he—he he could be a friend of ours.
2: Certainly was a man full of excitement and drama. <laughs> um, <gasps> I love this. So one.
3: I love it already. I'm so here for it.
2: So here we go. So uh, the balloon takes off. Now I wonder if this is the right time to do it because the balloon. So the, they were fi- what they were doing in the backyard. It was tethered, or so they thought. And he was. It looked like a bit of a test kind of a thing to set it. He wanted kind of to it to raise a little, but not a, the full amount. And uh, I might play this because let me get this up because it's one of so the, these guys. Um, they were husband and wife, and they had three boys. And they're six year old. Their youngest, this Falcon kid. So uh, I'll just play this. And this is footage that one of the boys took in the back garden. Um, of what he thought was going to be a test, kind mm. of thing.
1: Three, two, one. Whoa! Oh my God. Okay. Are you yeah. here, Taylor? Her. Yeah. You didn't put a teller down! I did! It.
2: I did! It. Okay, so what, you're t- what we're looking at there is your man, husband and wife in the garden, and he starts losing his shit because you didn't put the tether down, <gasps> right? So there was oh, no suggestion yet okay. that the kid was in the balloon.
0: But it's that footage from the day that apparently
2: the kid yeah. is in the balloon. Yeah. And can you see a child? No. Uh, so you could see the balloon. I should describe that better. So it, it was w- looked... And it was certainly big enough that a kid could fit into this bottom section where the kind of technology bit was in Mm. the balloon uh no problem a six year you could have got three six year olds in there this Um, is really big like it's like like the the size of
0: a hot air balloon because i just keep picturing something the size of popcorn
2: it isn't it's let's say it's the the whole air balloon in total is probably the width of two um volkswagen beetles and the height of one of them don't ask me uh anyway (laughs) so uh so the balloon takes off your man loses his shit um starts calling the police initially now the mum called the police she is japanese and her english is not perfect and she's difficult to understand i listened to one of the calls so she the police person that answers they're trying to understand what exactly she's saying um because what she's saying is my son is taken off in a balloon and they're trying to understand what the fuck is going on. And totally. He, meanwhile, he's screaming in the background saying, you're ne- going to need to get a helicopter out. I know you have a helicopter, right? By which time she goes on hold from the police station. He then calls the press. Now. Hold on. Who calls the press? The Prince? dad. The dad. Mum's on the hold to the police. She's yeah. been on hold for a little while. She's been on the phone for a while. Right. And then your man gets through to the local press.
0: He wants some. He
2: wants some coverage for his balloon. You could argue that, but also he knew that they have a helicopter. He knew that they were able to access things quicker than, let's say, the police would have been able to, or well, that was his thinking anyway. Um, he
0: knew that the press had a helicopter. Yeah, yeah he. Knew, you know, yeah. in
3: America, like yeah, like TV stations are like do like. Reports from helicopters and shit, don't yeah, they? Yeah, but they don't do fucking rescues from them.
2: Well, what do he they wanted to do was locate it. Like, if if you're if you're thinking your son is gone, floated up to the heavens, you're like, well, we're, we're, we need to go after the balloon. Do you have any
3: info on like how long between yes. it going fully up and them going? Jesus Christ, where's Falcon?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, well, let me just let me just get through this next bit. So, okay. Anyway, so they're on the phone. The National Guard, the helicopter, local police pursued the balloon. After flying for more than an hour, approximately 50 miles, the balloon landed about 12 miles um, northeast of Denver International Airport. They actually had to shut the airport because obviously there was reports that this thing was flying around with a kid hanging off it. Oh, my God. And so when Falcon was not found inside, it was reported an object had been seen falling from the balloon. (gasps) And a huge search began. So this kind of, somebody said, there's actually a photograph of something, some black dot, (coughs) excuse me, falling from the balloon. It didn't turn out to be the kid. Uh, (sighs) Who knows? So at this time, kind of rumblings that this was a hoax began. So I need to give you a bit of background on this family. They had appeared on Wife Swap twice.
3: Red flag. Twice.
2: Once... Just as contestants. And then again, as a special, because they were so entertaining the first time around. Your man is bananas. Batchet. Very entertaining. Uh, you know, and he, like, weirdly, in that, in that little bit of footage I played, he, he kind of seemed like a bit of a dickhead. I mean, he was really screaming at his wife. And he's pretty high-octane-intensity guy. He definitely wanted to become famous. He wanted attention this certainly played into his character already so obviously the press having done a small amount of research would this would have cropped up immediately so they'd be like this thing is fucking this guy's full of shit mm. this whole thing is clearly just a big ploy to get attention yeah right so this kind of suspicion is bubbling and everyone's clambering after the family's getting interview so this in this journalist wolf blitzer you recognize his name no a journalist but what in America a name. Uh, on Larry King Live um, managed to kind of nail this interview. So it was a satellite interview. The whole family are sitting down. I'm going to play a little snippet of it on the couch in their family home. So it's uh, your man, his wife, and the three boys. Wait, two. Uh, there are three boys. The smallest guy, Falcon. This is bride. before he goes missing. This is after he was found. Um, oh, should I should I tell you how? So
0: You skipped on a bit there now, Jen, because he's still... So he's back now.
2: Oh no, sorry, the balloon, the, he wasn't in the balloon. Sorry, yeah. I, you're at the dot falling from the sky. That dot was not him. <laughs> Did you zone out of your own story? I just got fucking excited, man. It's <laughs> like you and the ice, you didn't even record the first half of this podcast. <laughs> anyway, so uh, where was I? So he
3: was found where like was he totally found? separately, just in the house somewhere.
2: Hiding in they described it as like the attic of his shed. So, you know, in America, they have these big houses. Yeah. So they had yeah. a garage and the garage had an attic. <laughs> so they were after, ha- after discovering that he wasn't in the balloon, obviously they were start f- like searching around the house and your man appeared out of the attic.
3: Okay.
0: So, I'm gonna so how I now. mean, they're searching for a couple of hours though, <coughs> presumably.
2: No, because they thought he was in the balloon for those two hours. So he was found really quickly after they established he was not well, in I the balloon. think he was in the balloon. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not going to play this video, but there's an extended version of the, the video uh, showing the balloon actually taking off and you, the dad losing it. And it's one of the sons saying, I think Falcon's in there. He's cr- I think he was in there. I can't find him. He's in the balloon. And then the video cuts. Sounds legit.
0: I have a question. Yeah. Why did they upload the video?
2: Good question. Why did they
0: take that video of where th- a time where they think they've lost their child and put that on the internet?
2: Well, I'll pu- it's terrible quality. It was filmed by a child, not by one of the parents. It probably was released because uh, we'll get to it, but probably when they were pleading their case, because this yeah, all I mean, went sh- to okay. Let her Eagle.
3: let her go. Let's go. Uh, so, so here I go. child recovered and we're at the Larry King live satellite interview. So this interview. is the same day.
2: Whew, it's been a big day. Uh, it's been a big day. Right. And the press are swarming all over the place. And because he's called them. And also this is a good story. So this guy from Larry King gets the interview and he's delighted with himself. But not delighted enough to actually listen to what the people he's interviewing are saying. <laughs> uh, hold on there, there. i will bring this up. That was a good tease there. Now I'm intrigued. I just, it just fell right out of me. I didn't uh, even prepare. Believe
1: one hundred percent that he was on board. <laughs> and Falcon was really in the garage this whole time. Uh, at, I don't know if Falcon can hear me,
3: but was he? Because uh, I know at some point he fell asleep in that garage, but he was hiding out because he thought you were going to punish him for something that happened earlier. In the day, uh, did he hear anything?
1: Did he hear you screaming out,
3: Falcon, Falcon?
1: Uh, he's asking Falcon. Did you hear us calling your name at any time?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You did. You did. Why didn't you come out?
3: Um. You guys said that
1: mm, we did this for the show. Yeah. No you didn't um, come out? No. Um, I, I heard what he said, but I'm sure not, I'm not... It wasn't really clear what was his, his reasoning why he heard, he heard you screaming, Falcon, Falcon, and I'm sure his, he heard his mom screaming, Falcon, Falcon. But why didn't he come out of the garage at that point? Well, you know, whenever he... Um, whenever we tell him things like, you know, it's a bad thing to do, he does go and hide. He uh, cowls down. And um, like if we go to the store and uh, he wants to buy some candy or something, I have to tell him no. So he's always behind. I mean, the other boys are always telling him,
2: hurry Falcon, hurry. So I'm going to stop it there because it doesn't get any more interesting and the dad sort of
3: just tries to gloss over it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, Totally, (laughs) right? So this blew up, obviously, because this was a confession by the child. Because if you didn't hear him, what he said was, I did, so your man says, okay, Falcon. What did you not hear your parents screaming? And he said, yeah, I did hear you screaming. Why didn't you come out? Because you said, or did he say, because you said, we, we did need this it for, for the, the show. show. Yeah. Now, okay, so this was t- taken as, okay, here we go. It's all a big fucking hoax. These guys are ourselves.
0: Yeah. Kids, yeah.
2: Will, Kids will always will screw you. you.
0: I have another question. Yeah. So, This is all the same day. Yeah. So the child has not gone missing, not been in the balloon. The balloon's gone up. The balloon's been landed. It's been recovered. The child has been found. The media's still there. But they realise that this has just been a series of mishaps. Why is it still making the news? What do you mean? Surely the journalists would have been like, oh, I thought we had a story here. I thought there was a boy in a balloon. But it turns out the balloon has just been in the attic.
2: Well, there no was, need to cover the story. There was hysteria following this, so people were live watching this balloon, thinking there was a six-year-old in it. Right. Okay. And okay. so this was, I guess, the follow-up interview of everyone's okay. You know, aren't we all so relieved? How Bit did of closure can happen. So then the police got involved. Uh, so basically, what happened was they were both charged with wasting police time and various things relating to all the money, do I think there was a $2 million spend on this kind of <sighs> baffling search and then the airport shutting day, down. I suppose oh, the airport yeah. shutting down. So I just,
0: I think I'm just confused, but then again, it's just very American, isn't it?
2: It is very American and it <laughs> does kick up the massive, there was a question after about like the press really took this and exploded it and it didn't need necessarily, you know, to have gotten this and, Saying as it did. However, so Richard Heen's attorney announced on November 12th, just a little while later, that um, both parents intended to plead guilty to the charges filed against them, uh, for which the prosecutor would recommend probation. So the attorney's statement said that the threat of deportation of his wife, Mayumi Heen, who is a Japanese citizen, was a major factor in their plea negotiations. So Richard Heen plead, pleaded guilty Uh, to a felony charge attempting to influence public servant and his wife did not appear with him now I watched or listened to a transcript of his wife's guilty plea or she was interviewed directly after she hadn't a fucking clue what they were saying she didn't know what the word hoax meant she had to like her English was poor yeah so
3: jeez did she know what she was pleading
2: guilty to not at all Oh, not God. at all. And your man, definitely there was a threat of deportation. Like they, they definitely needed to nail them on something. What I'm suggesting basically is it may not have been a hoax at all. Now... now you're th- suggesting this or this is popular opinion? Wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's popular opinion. But I found a few places who sort of made a case... And I'm kind of with them. <clears throat> so, so lay that out for us.
3: Lay- made a case that the child had been in the balloon the whole time.
2: Well, we all, we all, we, well, we just heard the interview with your man mm. to say, and then the kid seemed to kind of confess himself. Mm. But later on, right, with an interview with a reporter for the Oprah Winfrey show, Falcon provided an explanation as to why he said what he said. Mm-hmm. So. How old is Falcon? there? Six. Six. So, well, what happened was, this is what Falcon said, this Chinese reporter walked up to me. He asked if I could show him how he got, in, how I got into the attic uh, for his TV show. So I said, okay. And then after that, another person asked me, so what happened about this balloon thing? I did it for the show. I said that because I thought he was talking about the Chinese guy's show. And I was like, you know, it's convoluted, but it, six year olds are though exactly I sort of I'm with him on that
0: okay I'm with I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt I am with him on that
2: there were people at the time that were suggesting there's no way this balloon could have lifted Falcon as well this was a big theory of the hoax they were like this thing there's no possible way that this that it was plausible that he was in the balloon sorry it was it is plausible that he was so uh so it's a less used argument, but um uh, this internet historian disproved uh the f- the suggestion that they that it couldn't lift him uh by calculating basically he did a little experiment and proved that and when in fact it definitely could have lifted him
3: okay okay, so that was it was proved and then disproved
2: yeah, and right. also this kind of heavy feeling of it's worth noting <clears throat> that mayomi. like her English is so poor she didn't know what she was agreeing to or what this plea deal was or what was going on or how to it. She was stuck
0: between a rock and a hard place. She had to plead guilty so that she would get probation and and presumably not be found guilty and then be deported.
2: Yeah, exactly. This is it. So this kind of, this rage is, like they were charged, they both, I think they did time. They both did time and the judge allowed for him to do it first and then for her to do it so the kids had one or one of them during the time that both of them were in jail. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of... Like, your man, had. There's, he's a lot going against him. Like, a lot. Like the guilty plea. Well, that... Like, that's all... You know when you're pleading guilty like that? You're pleading guilty for a deal. Yeah. Whereas if you pled innocent... Char- you're taking you're the risk. Absolutely. And you have to go to trial and it's very expensive. Exactly. Mm. Like there's a lot of shit against and it. And so the deal was don't deport the wife. Exactly. Just plead mm. here and then you'll get nine months in jail or whatever it was. Uh, so yeah. And <laughs> That's any- my story. So the follow up is uh, your man is still on this fucking mad hunt for attention. So he's launched the boys uh, metal band <laughs> uh and it's they're, they're are they any good yeah they're grand actually heen boys is what it's called balloon boy no hoax is one of their singles uh,
0: <gasps> come on give us a lash of that go back there now a second because when you said metal boys metal band i assume this is just another weird invention his sons this are is, now he's he's managing
2: a, his son's metal band God, Jesus, very fucking Their 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 album is is called Finger It Out, which makes me want to just feel uneasy. So that's my balloon boy tale. Pretty good, huh? For a long one? Was it long enough? It was long. It was 22 minutes. Good. How do you feel after
3: it? I feel weirded out.
0: Weirded out? I don't know what side to sit on here now. I don't, I don't. I, my instinct is that it was hoaxy. But maybe he just, oh maybe he did for a moment think that his son was in it and he overreacted by calling the press and everything. And it just I, got blown out of...
2: When you initially pro- hear got it... Got blown out of proportion. Oh. So that's my story. It's a happy one. Happy ending. It's Nobody happy died. ending. Nobody was hurt. I
3: love the spectacle of it, clearly. Like, you know... It's, it's just, a flying saucer balloon That a brilliant. man made himself Just randomly What was this kind of like Did he have a trade or anything?
2: He seemed to be a man of Lots of different fucking Wife
3: trades. swapping Balloon yeah. making
2: The balloon even featured In the follow up episode Of the wife swap Where <laughs> the wife The balloon was in the garden right And it was it's A cli- uh, clip from the Wife swap series this, The one they were on <clears throat> And his wife that he swapped So he's in the, he was in the house With a new wife and they were outlaying her duties, and one of the duties was to clean the balloon. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. Jeez, but like they, but they really did time now, because the first time you said they did yes. probation for the b- guilty plea. Mm, mm, oh, no, they were They both did. Well, no, I don't know whether they did time, but there was mention there that the judge would allow them to do it like one after the other. Yeah, consecutively. Than,
3: yeah. <laughs> anyway, there you go. That's. Like a totally random one Gas Yeah
2: What do you have for it Kind of
3: reminds me Like do you ever see Enduring Love Or read the book No It's brilliant It's both It's a book and a movie And the movie's deadly as well And it's um, So it's all about This Both the book and the movie Open the exact same way With a terrible mishap Involving a hot air balloon And it's so gripping. And in the film It is like the most intense thing. I actually went to rewatch it really recently. That's why it's on my mind. Decided to eat a plate of spaghetti bolognese while I did it. Was well, it really and gory? It's whoa, Here's what happens: a whole bunch of people are like all out in like just outside London, having kind of like a nice afternoon for themselves. Mm-hmm. And this like granddad and his grandson are launching a hot air balloon, yes, and suddenly like. In a matter of seconds, the whole thing goes completely fucking awry. And the balloon takes off with the grandson in it, the granddad running after it. And, like, it's filling with air as it's going across this field. And the the main character, like, is Michael, is it Michael Fassbender? Uh, Yeah, I think it is. He hops up and like starts pegging it down there as well to try and catch up with the balloon that's like heading away with this tiny child in it. And then some uh, other guy. Doesn't matter. Not the guy from... <laughs> the guy from Notting Hill, the flatmate. The wacky guy, oh, Welsh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, uh Lloyd. Rhys Ifans. Or- Reese Ifans appears out of nowhere and he starts pegging after it. Anyway, the three of them grab it. They fucking get it. And they're like, the weight of the three of them is counteracting the wind. And the boy doesn't know what the fuck to do, you see. Because like there's, you know, controls inside those things. But he doesn't know what the fuck to do. And anyway, they have like a moment of relief because they're getting it down.
1: And And it buries them. A gust
3: of wind comes from the far corner of the field that can all feel it coming and it takes it and up, up, up they go and basically they're like the ground is getting further and further away they're all holding on the boy is panicking and one by one they let go Oh my god until just the granddad's holding on oh and the thing god. is airborne I never want to watch that, that this, is this, this all these filled. key
0: people killed, killed off at the start of the
3: film No, they... Reese Ifans and Michael Fassbender survive And things get a little creepy there It's a good film It's good Go yeah. But yeah. it's so Like so the granddad He didn't last Because he just couldn't hold on And that bit Don't eat spaghetti bolognese While you're watching that Alright Sorry So anyway I'm really what into hot air balloons and weird,
0: stuff Weird Weird Fucking plot for a book Are you gonna just
3: uh, The book's Ian McEwan It's brilliant called Enduring Love, guys. All right. Top
2: tip. You wouldn't think and that. And fans, fans of the Creep creative. Dive
3: would like Enduring Love because there's like it's really creepy.
2: It's really good. It's really good. What's your story, so? Okay. Is it what? What kind of size are we talking? I feel like that? Like a lot it's a kind of a mini yeah. midi Is it an app like a starter, it's, or is it? It's like a sharing plate.
3: Okay. Nice. <laughs> um, it's also um, it's pretty close to home. This hoax. <sighs> I could say one word and we'd probably ascertain immediately. I wanna know the word know what's coming. Give us our do target. you wanna know, know the word? Like I have a clip I have a cool clickbaity headline here, but I also have one word. Okay? What do you want? Word. Word. I'm gonna give you the headline. <laughs> 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 There's literally people on the edge of their seats now being like, give us that fucking word. Give us that She's fucking word. Curious. Okay, this is a story about how a simple book review led to the silence of the lambs. I got nothing. You want the word? Yeah. Lambo.
2: Still <laughs> drawing a blank. Okay, I'm
3: loving it, okay? I thought this was going to be way too well known. But no, let's go. Okay, summer, 1987. Ha! wanna dance with somebody is playing on the radio across Ireland riveted and a young
0: upstart way before my time you see I wasn't born so that's why I don't know it fuck
3: you shit okay. yeah, fuck you okay so Whitney was on the radio and a young upstart mired in the no man's land of late night DJing saw an opportunity for notoriety and he seized it. Okay.
2: These protracted pauses. Yeah, it's very
3: dramatic now. We're tight on time, but go on. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so <laughs> this is the story of how a simple book review to be broadcast on RTE Radio One's flagship radio programme, The Gay Burns Show, um ended up causing Chaos in Ireland <gasps> and eventually made it into <gasps> a Doll really? Erin. It was a scandal. Extract from the record of Doll Erin, 9th of June 1987. Still not born. Mr. Tony <laughs> Gregory asked the Minister for Justice if, in view of the many complaints, from the members of the public, the Gardaí are investigating, with a view to taking criminal proceedings, the matter of killing a newborn lamb as a part of a survival course sponsored by RTE's Gayburn Hour. And if you will make a statement on the matter. What? So, they wanted to review <laughs> the SAS survival manual on Gayburn's radio show. And they were like, it's just a book review. I mean, we could keep it simple. Someone could read the book, come in, talk about the book. (laughs) Or they
0: could send someone out to survive.
3: It's possibly, in fact, why most book reviews on RT Radio 1 are now just that. Somebody reads the book, comes in and tells you about the book. But back in 1987, they had a fucking vision for this segment. And that vision was taking a bunch of random city slickers out into the remote wilds of Connemara Valley with just the SAS Survival Manual for guidance.
2: And this was radio.
3: And this was unfolding in a yes. daily segment of reportage. Amazing. On the Gay Brain Hour, broadcasting to the nation who were wrapped. Na- naturally. We're wrapped.
0: We've both moved to the edges of our seats. This is fucking brilliant. So a, it's a great
2: idea. It's a B, great idea. And B, who knew
0: Graeme or came up with fucking Survivor?
2: Th- correct. This is 1987.
3: Actually, can I say no joke? There is a connection with Survivor.
2: Well, obviously. Not even. This is even, the, this is, is it the
3: guide? It's not even a word of a lie, Cassie. The actual real television show, Survivor. Yeah. Was born in the wilds of Connemara. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. Ten. So anyway, right. So this is a really
0: good learning. People
3: day. were lapping this shit up because basically the <laughs> the crew of kind of hapless survivalists like were doing shit. Like they couldn't actually like survive. So the book was shit. <laughs> well, no, the book good was review. hardcore, but they were a bunch of random researchers and a then unknown Jerry Ryan. No. So this is a quote from Jerry Ryan's um, autobiography. Would the real Jerry Ryan please stand up? Yeah, I've done my research accusing me of not doing any fucking homework. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. go on, go on. In a chapter titled Making Stuff Up, Jerry writes, should say that a few different sources have said that Jerry Ryan might be an unreliable source. <laughs> Covering math. Quote, At the start, we tried to live by the book. We attempted to catch fish with our hands. Tickling fish, it's called. Well, I can tell you now, if I had to feed myself by catching fish with my hands, I'd be dead. I'd love to meet anybody who can do it. Sleeping under the stars was uncomfortable, smelly, and not even slightly romantic. (laughs) We were living on very, very, very meagre rations and marching across the wilds of Connemara with all but our equipment. Okay. And um, he says now in the book that he can't remember the name of a single other person who was involved. And um, he's possibly due to the fact that he has, quote, blocked out the whole incident for years and years and years. So he was, I mean, I think from their point of view, he was literally like, this isn't even good hashtag content. He was also young. He wasn't Jerry Ryan yet. He was totally unknown. S- hold on, you said the country was riveted. Well, they well, yeah, the but concept. they don't know that. Like oh, they, you know, they're it, yeah. not looking at the real-time traffic on the, the site. It's 1987. Yes. And also, I guess, like, what choice did the country have but to be riveted by whatever was on RT Radio One?
2: It's brilliant soaps. <laughs>
3: of
0: course,
1: they were but it riv- is a brilliant but concept. A it concept. is a brilliant concept. Give
0: people this recommended survivalist guide. Send them. And at that time what well, Connemara is hours upon hours from Dublin I mean I don't know because I wasn't born but I heard that the roads weren't good <laughs> there wasn't an M50 I remember the You'd M50 you You're looking at nine hours
2: I yeah. remember the
3: M50 being built because during my lifetime
2: I mean no yeah it was truly Give it a fucking rest Jeez.
3: Anyway the idea was <laughs> the brainchild of a producer Philip Kampf and so he's quoted in this piece <laughs> by Philip Kampf Kampf. Yeah, like Mein Kampf? Yeah, I was just going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> so I think yeah. the mistake number one was trusting Philip Kampf. I think mistake number one was not capitalizing on that pun. Like, Philip Kampf should have written his own autobiography called Lambo colon Mein Kampf. <laughs> Not Mein Kampf. <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> Philip says... Uh, Quote, the idea was that a group of nobodies went down to the wilds of Connemara, put the SAS survival guide to the test. We set them on a trail. They were to follow it and use the book to see what they could and could not eat. Each morning, they would report back to Gay about what they'd been (laughs) up to. If by day three, the group wanted out, the review would still have been done and we could all have gone home.
0: Right, three days, Grant. Three days.
3: This was also basically the first taste of reality radio. Um,
2: Amazing.
3: You know, and so... um, the nation was a flush, but the survivalists were miserable, hungry, and bored. And so, Camp does admit that it wasn't brilliantly planned out. I didn't spend an awful lot of time thinking about who was going to be in the group and what dynamics were going to happen. And um, so, I suppose he thought, Camp, that the biggest problem he had on his hands as a producer was like basically keeping the survivalists reined in so that they weren't like knocking on every farmhouse trying to steal a few. I mean, would it have been Viscount? <laughs> Perhaps a few custard creams. I mean, you'd have been yeah. very lucky. In fact, Viscount, what am I talking about? Individually wrapped? Never. It would have been a custard cream, maybe a bourbon if you were really lucky. See, Cassie doesn't even remember the 80s. (laughs) It wasn't there. Anyway, um, (laughs) so, like, basically, what happened next is up for a lot of debate, okay? So, Ryan says that they were just sitting around. We're about halfway through. It was rubbish in broadcasting terms. One afternoon or one morning, whatever it was, again, I don't know if Ryan's the most reliable source on this, Philip said to me, quote, this isn't going anywhere. We need something really exciting to happen. So their
0: concern <laughs> I they concern is that they
3: weren't going to make it onto the air. No, they're going to make it onto the air, but they but were concerned just, with just, it was producing it was quality programming they thought it was boring. back in the 80s. So they've made they a conscious decision to do whatever
0: it is well. they're about to do, which I suspect is the death
3: of an okay. innocent animal. C- according to, to Jerry, he's, this is what Philip said to him. Now, this has been contested roundly by Philip Camps, Camp's account of this whole misadventure, by the way. Who cares? So Let's it's a with he Jerry. said, he said, okay? Okay. So here's what Jerry thinks. Um, like what, I asked him says Jerry. Quote, well, you know, he said, imagine if you killed something. (laughs) Jesus. Because, as Jerry goes on to detail, there was stuff in the handbook about killing and skinning things like monkeys and rabbits. Obviously. But we couldn't catch rabbits. We weren't able to do anything that involved cooking anything, much less catching it. So.
2: They weren't allowed or they weren't able? They could only
3: do... Like, the book contained ridiculous descriptions of killing bears by putting a rock in your sock and clubbing them to death. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? We were camped out near this famine village not far from Mam Cross. <laughs> like, there's no bears around. Um, so anyway, I'll go back to um, camp's, um, camp's version of events, which I think is generally considered to be the truth. So, um, that's a bit unfair. So, so wh- was the title why, what, of the chapter
0: in this book, not making stuff up Yeah. So right. we'll go so with, we we'll have we'll go to, with
3: camp. we will have to agree that that is unreliable as a source, but it is, I mean, it is a published book, but anyway, so sorry to go back anyway to camp. He says that he showed up on the third day and Ryan was basically, you know, He'd gone feral. The whole gang had gone feral and they had a lamb on a stick that was skinned. The head was gone. It was properly butchered. They told me, quote, We had to kill a lamb, we were starving. Kampf says I immediately rang my boss in Dublin and said, I think there's an issue here. I mean, it's like they went full Donner party on day three practically. Is such and a were Camp the Pokemon.
2: And cl- they okay they couldn't have killed they man. needed
3: to make some fast decisions because they were due on air like it, within hours and they needed to like figure out what had gone down and what how they were going to be able to spin this so it was Just decided fucking tell anybody <laughs> it was decided but then but also like imagine like you're a radio producer and you're like they've These madmen have gone into Connemara. They've, after 36 hours of no biscuits, they've fucking slaughtered a lamb. It's also not, no joke killing random livestock that belongs to somebody else. I can't believe this actually happened. They must have just gone to the butchers. (laughs) So, anyway. But But what, say the part about having it on a stick. Yeah, that he arrived into their camp and, quote, here's an actual quote on a stick they had a lamb that was skinned. The head was gone. It was properly butchered. They it told was me butchered from a butcher. <laughs> they told me we had to kill a lamb. We were starving.
2: <laughs>
3: so he gets on to his boss up in Montrose. Not, where, not far from where we're sitting. Um, and they decide how they're going to play this. They decide that if they can find the farmer and um, get his kind of okay, his say so and his version of events, then they can run with it. Okay, so they all agreed that Jerry Ryan would tell the nation how he did it. Um, So (laughs) it made for some pretty compelling radio. This is Ryan's quote from that broadcast. So, sorry, this is Philip Kampf talking about Ryan. He said that he put a rock in a sock, looked this lamb in the eye, and said, I'm sorry but it's me or you and bludgeoned the defenseless creature
2: with a fucking rock in, in a, a sock. sock so this is what he Jerry said on the radio am i right yeah recounted by camp
3: Yeah, he's describing that, what what eventually was broadcast there, yeah. But he's not describing what actually happened. Keeping all my ducks in a row here because people are still alive. People who worked on this still work in broadcasting. You know, this is, you know, we're on shaky ground. So I'm, you know, I'm shouting out sources and I'm keeping it by the book, which is exactly not what this team did. Upon being dispatched to just do a book review. Um, So anyway, the tale created a huge furore. And by Thursday, the very next day, like print media had descended on Connemara. And like people had the scent of blood. Like they were so, they were like minor (laughs) celebrities. Of course. They were brought by limo from the wilderness, whisked to the Late Late Show so irish a little bit so they could recount how they survived the wilderness
0: and come here, she was gay presenting the late late yes. last time
3: yeah
2: brilliant
3: um so anyway that's when the tide started to turn few people started to notice what a gross thing they had done <laughs> Oh, like, so
0: people in the, the initial, the initial kind of like fandom was because oh my god, this is amazing! They've killed, a, they've they've survived and they've killed a lamb. Wait, I think no, everyone just got caught
3: up all. in the shock and the bizarreness and the spectacle of are it. We, it. Are we supposed to believe this actually? Happened? Also, ten. like Rambo was out recently enough. Lambo. If you give something a good title, you're yeah. away. You're there. Half the work's so done like, for you if oh, you wow. can just. If you can just package that right, and clickbait,
0: to, was that? Was that like attractive in the set in the eighties? The people would go out and like kill things with their hands, You're asking as somebody <laughs> not she's the making. In the like 80s. A huge I was born face. in the last um, fortnight, of nineteen eighty nine. So my memory's foggy.
3: So listen, anyway, like the tide of public uh, opinion was turning, and I mean, God only knows what would have happened if this had been the age of Twitter. But when your man, who I read out at the start, t- Tony Gregory, stood up in the door and called for a criminal investigation, mm. you know, and basically accused RTE, the national broadcaster, of breaching the Broadcasting Act by airing descriptions of animal cruelty. Yeah. The next thing you know, the executive producer is, like, down. Uh, sorry, the next thing you know, um, the... Jerry... Was brought in to make a statement officially in the Do- in the Donnybrook RD station. Yikes. Uh, the executive producer was dispatched back down to Connemara. Inspector Moore style, as one author in the um, Independent said, uh, to find out what really, really, really happened. Cracks were beginning to emerge amongst the survivors' stories, uh-huh. and Jerry was finding it difficult to keep everyone on the same page. You know, like it was like in war when one soldier is kind of crumbling and, you know. Get like, that story straight. Just go on with it. Yeah. So finally, like little whispers, presumably around the RTE canteen, I guess. Um, Everything you're hearing isn't exactly true. Um, basically, what they discovered was what really occurred. And this is what basically has been on record. This is what happened. Apparently, the farmer came across them all frolicking among the lambs. (laughs) 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 And hearing how hungry they were, he agreed to bring them into the barn and he shot his own animal, butchered it, like the professional he is, because butchering a random animal is no joke. And whole thing was an elaborate hoax
2: if you're gonna kill if you're gonna agree to kill something what why would you pick the cutest fucking thing like you're gonna kill a sheep above a lamb
0: lamb. wouldn't you Mm. i mean it doesn't surprise me that it was just all a hoax because that just it just reeks of hoaxiness and just total Just stupidity that they would take the credit for it and not anticipate a backlash. Absolutely gas. They deserved everything that came to them.
2: What? It's brilliant. How was that how was that swept
0: under the carpets?
2: Yeah, but stupid fucking Yeah, I mean most people I would imagine would know that that was bullshit. Come on.
3: I just I don't know, like
2: nineteen eighty seven.
3: Like everyone's kind of Pool of information is much much more limited than it is these days, like yeah. And I guess
2: and if Jerry was telling the story, he probably it was probably captivating. Yeah, and it was, I'd say it was gore filled. He went too far. Yeah, it. He went too far.
3: He did an old. Uh, what was our friend uh, Ray Gosling on it? <laughs> I mean,
2: oh yeah, from uh, last oh, week's yeah. episode. Uh, yeah,
3: um, but. Uh, Listen, to be honest, like, the aftermath of it all was a mess. Loads of professional relationships literally, like, up in flames. People not speaking to each other oh for God. many, many years. Well, yeah, I can imagine that. Jerry
2: Ryan.
0: Imagine those, imagine those stories coming up in the Christmas party. You'd be like, why don't why you speak to such? And she's like, well. Wait well, till I tell let you. Let me tell you about <laughs> Connemara. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Did you not hear
3: about the camping trip? Um. So... Yeah, Jerry Ryan thought that his like burgeoning career was basically over before it even began. But it actually kind of wound up being somewhat the making of him. Yeah, I mean, he was given a morning slot, the much coveted morning slot. Um, Do on you know who's QFM? Who was raging? I So say reinvigorated. 2FM, apparently, yeah. Camp was fucking raging. Uh, That's touchy, I think. He really was, because... He fucking blew the whistle on them. But also, journalism, like, the main rule... Is the truth. Is do not lie. And, like, he acted in good faith. They made, you know, inquiries and, like, yeah. I mean, he was told bald lies. And also Jerry
0: Ryan was rewarded... And given yeah, a better and gig that was and celebrated irritating. and became
2: extremely
3: successful.
0: Like who the
2: fuck, fuck is Camp? Can he say his I've name? I've never heard uh, uh, him before. Oh, well,
3: guys, guys, he's gone on to have a really good, successful career.
2: It's one of the key players who's still alive. Nobody's Let's not make ever any... heard of you.
3: This... No. shut
2: up, Jack. <laughs> I'm sure he's doing great and all. But yeah, but he blew the whistle like a big buzzkill, and I'd say he was fucking raging. Well,
3: he had to. Like, they were now then investigating and talking about criminal proceedings. So, was he one of the three? Are we talking? Do- no. He was their producer. So, he was just liaising with them. So, who's Jerry every- Witt? He, that's Jerry in his book says he can't remember the others. He's blocked oh. it out. Which, you know. I think as well, because like in his book, he says some pretty dodgy things about... He remembers a
2: lot of other shit. He remembers other stuff. You can't remember the people you were with on this? Well, you know, like, listen, listen,
3: it was the making of him. He was an amazing broadcaster. Solid story. I can't believe I've never ever heard of it. We're all Um, too young. Some peripheral stuff. Lambo, the um, theater spectacle has been brought to the stage at the Fringe.
2: Nice. Yeah. I'd say that was I, good.
3: I think there is also a radio play, but I'm not positive about that, And um, that was based on Lambo. And also, just a final word on Cassie's point. So, a researcher on Gay Gayburn's show by the name of Marie Boland later got a job with a TV production company called Planet 24 and he, one day, asked Philip Kampf, he rang him up, and he said that they were working on a show, and could he use the survival idea in the pitch or whatever. And that, my friends, is where Survivor was conceived.
2: Get the conceived. Out of town.
3: Or, you know, what? Really? Like inseminated.
2: So did they lease it gestated. out all the US versions? Are they, no, are I absolutely
3: don't think that they had any kind of actual formal agreement. But basically well, that guy went on to be involved. I've in just that.
2: had a brainwave. So there you go. That's brilliant. We're, we have to take the creep dive on the road. To Connemara. No, we have to have our own. We have to visit a place of creepiness yes <gasps> oh yes but not oh my God. the Hellfire Club Loftus Hall and the Hellfire Club not oh, the Club. Hellfire not Club not either of those places they're far also, too frightening and just from a
0: production standpoint um, it wouldn't be good for the sound to do it at the top of the mountain so um, we could go somewhere indoors she's scared I'm not going to the Hellfire Club, not doing a cruise. So yeah. Can I
3: shout out my sources, please? No. I have to, Ugh. because one of them is just so fab. Okay, go. Okay, so uh, I have really got great stuff from Damien Corliss and his um, independent uh, Irish Independent article. And also Quivon Keane of the Irish Examiner interviewed Philip Kampf, and that was brilliant. And Mary O'Sullivan. Your mother, my own mother. She was a producer at the time. Had a it. copy of Jerry Ryan's autobiography Thank and you, kindly screened. Well, I took pictures of all the pages pertaining to Lambo making stuff up. Brilliant! And that's oh, the story of Lambo.
0: Brilliant. Love it, Juice. Hi, I Hi. think there. Um, I think that your mother would will, will be able to tell you who else was on the trip. <laughs> Definitely, for sure.
2: But surely, that would be the person. After all these years. After all these
3: years. I mean, the who names are you hurting really?
2: Who am I hurting really?
3: You never know. And I definitely don't want Mein Kampf <laughs> coming after me.
2: Well, okay. I'll tell you, he is now. <laughs> uh, that was a fabulous episode. Thanks all.
0: Excellent. That story does remind me of another story, Irish... Uh, that you should do next. That time. We should oh I'm not gonna get into it, but you know that TV show they tried to bring out for a while, kind of like the Irish version of Survivor, which is like On the boat, on the boat. Shipwrecked. like shipwrecked and the boat. The boat The
3: boat actually sank.
0: The boat sank Jeez. on a f- on a Friday the thirteenth, if I remember correctly. So okay. that's the lads. My dad was
3: involved in that when that disaster struck. Here. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Well you're gonna do we're gonna do a creep dive special on that. Oh, I
3: actually have like some of the footage of I believe it was Derek Mooney reporting from the disaster as it Stop was happening. Was right there. Oh my god. Wasn't it a
0: load of celebrities? Stop. Could Sorry. Be. Yes. I think there was people who used to be in six. Stop!
3: Oh my god. You know what we need to alert is Irish celebs doing stuff. Oh mm.
2: that that's a great It's a brilliant
3: isn't, Instagram. But isn't
0: like that story now has made me feel a bit sad because the fact that Survivor kind of was was conceptualized by by Philip and and then it was. It went on to be sold to the Americans and be really su- successful. And then we tried to claw it back by doing the shipwreck program. Exactly. It's kind of like when when the British took all our potatoes and then we died of the famine. Like yeah. it was like kind of we just have like, it. We have it there, but we just can't. <laughs> we just can't bring it to the fruition. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: Or like you know, yeah, like the way like Pierce Brosnan went over to the states to become Pierce Brosnan. Like we just couldn't make him happen, you and know. And didn't he
0: do a really bad Irish accent in a film? Like, <laughs> didn't he? Like that's what it is. It's just yeah. it's also it's having a really good idea, <laughs> giving it away too quickly. Someone else making it a really big success, it's and, then being, it's and then just being we've too, got excited. This. We're too excited. And then it, but then it looks like we've copied them. When really the magic starts
3: here. All Brilliant. right. Follow us at Tall Tales Podcast. I think we need to like, get around social media presence we'll, personally. We'll, 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 Will we do it?
1: We'll talk. We'll, we'll, we'll try. We'll figure it out.
3: Because we've got to put like gold like that fucking tv interview when your man sells his dad down the river yeah and then the interviewer is just like phoning it in to such an extent that he doesn't even notice
2: he's like yeah what were you saying yeah, i just yeah, i was reading my phone what uh, did you say <laughs> anyway another whopper thanks for coming back thanks, thanks for, for coming up
3: leave us a rate and review please
2: rate review subscribe and look, share look, with you we're working calls. on the <laughs> you go you, you say it i shut up we're working on the talking over
0: we're we're doing our best. This was a good one, I
2: think. I think we did very well here. Okay, <laughs> come co- yeah, contact us at Tall, tall Tales. Thanks, you Cassie. Can, yeah,
0: you can email us at hello at Tall Tales or get
2: us on at Tall Tales podcast. If there's something you'd like for us to dive into that you don't have time to, oh, did you
0: guys get recommendations from people on the internet? Yes, I did. I had loads.
3: I know there's some good stuff out there. I have
2: loads. Okay, can which we will revisit? We're working on it. Contact me. Uh, just once, <laughs> uh, just a quick DM just to say, hiya, because I arrive every fucking time and you two tell me about the people content. I think you're both lying. I think what people are actually trying to do is,
0: will either one of you research this story and tell it to Jen because her reactions
2: are are <sighs> jovial. The, f- the what? The ears of the people. Mm-hmm. Thanks. See you next week. Bye.